0: Welcome to Legal Toolkit, bringing you the latest legal trends and business initiatives to help you manage your law firm with your host, Jared Correa. You're listening to Legal Talk Network.
1: Hello, my online friends, and welcome back to yet another episode of the award-winning Legal Toolkit podcast only on the Legal Talk Network. If you are looking for new episodes of Better Call Saul, you may be in for a long wait. Let's all hope Kim Wexler is okay. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. If you're a first-time listener, welcome home. And if you're Waylon Jennings, you're unsure whether Hank done it this way. As always, I'm your show host, Jared Korea. And in addition to casting this pod, I am the CEO of Red Cave Law Firm Consulting, which offers subscription-based law practice management consulting services for law firms, bar associations, and legal vendors. Check us out at redcavelegal.com. Because I don't have enough to do, I'm also the COO of Gideon Software, Inc., which offers chatbot software built specifically for law firms. Find out more at www.gideon.legal. Here on the Legal Toolkit, we provide you with a new tool each month to add to your own Legal Toolkit so that your practices will become more and more like best practices In this episode, we're going to talk about law firm technology adoption and alternative legal service providers. But before I introduce today's guest, I'm going to build a suspense a little bit. Let's take a moment to thank our sponsors. We would like to thank Alert Communications for sponsoring this podcast. If any law firm is looking for call, intake, or retainer services available 24-7-365, just call 866-827-5568. Scorpion is the leading provider of marketing solutions for the legal industry. With nearly 20 years of experience serving attorneys, Scorpion can help grow your practice. Learn more at scorpionlegal.com. Abbey Connect has delivered premium live receptionist and answering services to lawyers since 2006. You can try them out for free at abbeyconnect.com. TimeSolve is the number one web-based time and billing software for lawyers. Providing solutions since 1999 TimeSolve provides the most comprehensive billing features for law firms, big and small. www.timesolve.com. All right, sponsors have been thanked. And now I can tell you that my guest today is Scott Brennan, CEO of Lexicon, a new case management software for law firms.
2: Scott, that
1: was a very brief bio. Anything you would like to add?
2: Huh. Yeah, thanks, Jared. So. Mm-hmm. I am not a lawyer by training, um, and my background has been in, in finance and travel tech. And I joined the legal space about 18 months ago, when Lexicon really was envisioned as something that that could be built and could be used to help other law firms really expand and operate, you know, more effectively. We had an existing practice management platform we were using with a couple of legacy customers. We were operating sort of as a captive back office. But we've really, really exploded the, the amount of development we've been doing. And we completely rebranded the platform and we issued a new version of the software that, that we did brand as Lexicon software within the last six months. So we're we are definitely the new kids on the block. Um, <laughs> and We just see so much opportunity to help law firms grow and operate more effectively.
1: Awesome. So we will uh, tell people more information about how to get in touch with you, how to find out more about Lexicon um, at the end of the show as well. But Scott, welcome to the big show. We're happy to have you. I'm happy to be here. Great. All right. So I always start out with an icebreaker question. When I say I did a little research, this is your point to say, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So actually, you've got a very clean reputation online, might I say. Uh, Thank you. Didn't see You're anything good. bad out there. Those services um,
2: are worth all the every penny. Yes.
1: <laughs> right. But there are a lot of Scott Brennans on the web. Did you know this?
2: There, there are a ton of them out there. Yeah. All
1: right. So I want to play a little game with you. It's called, which Scott Brennan would you be if you couldn't be this Scott Brennan? Are you ready? I am ready. <laughs> so I found three Scott Brennans online who might be good alternative identities for you. I'm going to read to you their descriptions of themselves, and then you can tell me which one's your favorite. Scott Brennan, number one, native Iowan and lifelong progressive. My idea of fun is caucusing. Sounds like a loser. Scott (laughs) Brennan, number two, happy to be a butcher. His avatar is actually the head of a pig. Um, (laughs) Scott Brennan, number three, biomechanics nerd in the UK, fueled by coffee and whiskey. So I have my preference, but let me know. like, Of those Scott Brennans, if you couldn't be yourself, which one would you choose?
2: Which I I I've got to go with the biomechanic nerd fueled by coffee and whiskey in the UK. I
1: know. Was it even a choice? Really? It, he seems to. It, have the best it wasn't. Life.
2: But you missed the the Scott Brennan, the uh, the Australian Olympic rowing champion. I missed uh, that Scott Brennan. You want to talk about him a little bit? He's the one. He's the one I want to be. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's totally my bad. I got to get my research game up and running. <laughs> All right, now now we've gone through five Scott Brennans already, and we're in like minute 10 of the Uh podcast. (laughs) So let's make the sponsors happy, and probably your company, (laughs) and let's talk (laughs) about legal specific issues. (laughs) You're new to the legal industry. By the way, great work not going to law school, probably the best decision you ever made. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know that already lawyers basically practice law. That's all they want to do. That's all they're trained to do they don't know or care in some cases about the business of law. What is it that lawyers should know about the business of law that they don't?
2: Yeah. So I see a lot of firms that don't really understand what drives their business. It's not enough to just know what was my revenue last year, what was my net income, but really understanding those operational metrics that that allow them to understand what's my actual real collection rate, which clients am I making money on, or which matters, depending on whether you're client or matter-centric, am, am I really making money on? How much am I writing down? You know, Are my billing terms proper? It's really getting down to the nuts and bolts of understanding what drives their business. Hmm. The other thing I, I would sort of as a corollary add to that is a lot of lawyers get involved in a whole bunch of stuff that Probably isn't adding a ton of value to their law firm and helping their, their either their top line or their bottom line for their firm.
1: True, they very much do. Lawyers, lawyers like hobbies. Yeah. Every, every lawyer I talk to is like, boy, I'd like to be a consultant rather than practicing law, or I'd like to write the great American novel. So, uh-huh. totally true. Yeah. So, let's kind of talk about like the law firm as a business, right? and how lawyers could make better decisions about business management. So because firms are businesses, that means they need to make smart investments that help drive revenue. So what do law firms need to consider when they're investing in technology? And also, by the way, the strategic outsourcing of services, which we'll all talk about in detail during this show.
2: Yeah, thanks. So I I think that most lawyers and most firm managers would be really surprised at how affordable good tech solutions can be today if you go back not that long ago, right? If you really wanted to implement a world-class practice management system and all of the things that would go along with that, you'd be you'd be out buying server racks and servers and putting in Halon systems. And none of that's necessary anymore, right? So through software as a service offerings like ours and everybody else's really, it's a lot easier to get on board. There's no infrastructure challenge to speak of. Certainly not not anywhere on the scale that it used to be. And on top of it, you know, SaaS allows for relatively easy switching, you know, unless you've got a provider who likes to hold people hostage like pirates. Right. If you make a bad call, you can get out of a SaaS offering relatively without a lot of damage. (laughs) Yeah.
1: No, totally. And I think you're right. Like 10 years ago, if somebody was like, I want the same basic technology set I'm asking for today, the price would be like 100 times. What it is now is crazy. I tell people all the time it's like a great time to be running a law firm, really. It's a great time to be running a small business, frankly. So let's talk a little bit more about this notion of like picking the right technology. What do lawyers need to understand when it comes to the economics of implementing legal tech platforms and management services within their practices? Because I think like a lot of lawyers make ad hoc decisions, emotional choices. So how do you look at this from like a bottom line? economic perspective
2: as a law firm? Yeah, well, first, I'd, I'd say, if you're making a, a significant investment in your business, and in some cases, this is what it is, don't be afraid to use an expert like you, Jared, right? Like what you do to help you make those decisions, right? Why? It goes back to, again, you, you know, as a firm, you guys have trained to be lawyers, and you're you're a litigator, or you're a business lawyer. You're not a tech evaluator and, and you don't necessarily even know the right questions to ask. One thing is use an expert that can help you think through those things. The other thing is make sure you're really partnering with somebody who's got a good reputation that you, you know you can trust. I'd say, and you know, I'm not from the legal industry, but the rest of my team is, choose a provider that specializes in law firms. I can tell you from coming outside of law, law operates differently than almost any other industry I've ever interacted with. <laughs> Where there's always something weird in law that, <laughs> that you wouldn't focus on in, in another industry. And, and so having a partner who really specializes in, in legal services or legal technology, there's more value there probably in law than any other industry I've encountered.
1: Oh, totally. And I think like there's an explosion of new legal tech as well. Which yeah. is actually a really good thing, because I think I think a lot of lawyers think there's like a lot of legal tech in the marketplace already, but it's only a small sliver of what can be covered. So I think a lot of the innovation going on out there is really great. And you guys are doing some of that as well.
2: Yeah, thanks. It's, it's also legal has been I mean, to, to the law, law you know, ecosystem, it might feel like there are a lot of providers out there, but coming coming out of like travel tech or fintech. Right, there are not right there, in the
1: bucket. Yeah,
2: <laughs> there are there are far more providers in other industries who really you know aren't as complicated as is supporting a law firm are. So we we think there's a lot of people out there, but there is just so much untapped opportunity to help law firms grow and operate more efficiently.
1: Absolutely, we're totally on the same page about that, and we're going to take a quick break here, but we're going to jump into that topic again in some greater detail after the break. So let's take that first commercial break. Let me draw some of your attention to some of our sponsors. And we'll be right back. Your legal work requires your full attention. So how can you build lasting relationships with new or existing clients while juggling your caseload? Try Abby Connect, the friendly, highly trained, and motivated live receptionists who are well known for providing consistent quality customer service and support to law firms just like yours. Every connection matters. So call Abby Connect today at 833-ABBY-WOW to get started with your free 14-day trial and $95 off your first bill. Imagine billing day being the happiest day of the month instead of the day you dread. Nobody went to law school because they love drafting invoices for clients. At TimeSolve, our attorneys save on average over eight hours a month in billing work. That means more billable time and turning billing day into happy day. Learn more about how to get to your time and billing happy place at timesolve.com. That's off the e.com Remember, that's T-I-M-E-S-O-L-V.com. All right. Thanks for coming back, everybody. I've returned from putting down an entire row of soft batch chocolate chip cookies. They were great. Thanks for asking So now that I'm satiated, let's get back to our conversation with Scott Brennan of Lexicon. We're talking about law firm tech adoption, firstly. So Scott, in the first segment of the show, we talked a little bit about adding legal tech solutions, as well as outsource services in the right way, right? Because there's no wrong way to do it. So here's here's the softball question of the show for you. How will those things positively affect a law firm's business model?
2: Uh, uh, Yeah. If done well, they will dramatically improve whatever metric it is that you say your firm is focusing on right so we we talk to some firms who are really interested in driving top line growth and the solutions that they're going to be looking for, the partners they should be searching may be different than than firms that we talk to who are looking to really just drive net income and get more out of the business they're doing i mean it sounds it sounds funny, but there are a lot of firms who say, we are happy with the number of clients we have. We're happy you know, with our our current number of locations and our staff. In fact, the idea of hiring more staff gives us a headache. But we think we're not making enough money per matter or per client. And, and so those people are going to be looking for pure efficiency plays. And, right. and they may be, you know, one way we could help them would be to, to move to a virtual receptionist and virtual call taking. Or Potentially taking on their their billing, rather than having them pay somebody forty to sixty thousand dollars a year for a billing position, right? Could you pay us per bill, or could you pay us per minute, and only pay for the time you need? Which should drive some significant savings back to the firm. That's that's a different solution than the firm that comes in saying, "It is my aspiration to be in five states in five years and to have 100, 100 sure. attorneys on my firm."
1: Well, I guess that's a good point that you bring up which is that I think a lot of lawyers think that only certain pieces of law practice could be automated or supplemented by technology but really it's almost every aspect of law practice at this point.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and we play we play in a, a lot of that, right? And so, you know, a, a little bit, you know, for us, we we view our practice management software as kind of the core offering we have in in that You can track your your matters, you can track your clients and your associations, you can do your billing, you can do all of that stuff through the software that's necessary to operate your firm. And then we offer the services that go along with those things. And it's up to the firm and what their strategy is to decide which of those services make the most sense.
1: Oh, totally. Yeah. And so that's a good segue into the next question I have for you, which is like, you could buy like 20 different softwares to manage that, right? But there's also a value to having one software that manages more components of that than others. And I think that's what some folks are driving at in the legal industry. Like, is there a way to have, like, an operating platform that could run most of the automations or most of the technology within a law firm? And that seems to have been your approach. And, and can you talk to me a little bit about the value of an approach like that from the perspective of a vendor and also from the perspective of an attorney?
2: Yeah, my my perspective, you know, from the attorney will be a little slanted. <laughs> so we'll we'll disclaim that up front. Fair. Right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. From the vendor's perspective, there there is a lot to be said for interoperability. And so making sure that that what we offer truly feels like a seamless experience. And you don't feel like you're moving from one platform to another platform to a third platform as you move through your case phasing or as you go from entering new clients into the system to collections at the end of the day, right? We think that having that seamless interoperability and a uniform look and feel and a uniform interface from a vendor perspective means that we're not dropping the ball anywhere. Data isn't getting lost. There isn't a reclassification somewhere along the way. And that means that from the end user's perspective, it's simple and easy right? And so we, we spend a lot of time thinking about if I, were, if I were an attorney, I wouldn't want to manage 14 vendors if I could manage one. Because even if you say managing a vendor is only you know, 10 minutes a week, if you got you know, 14, that's over two hours a week of billable time that you just lost. Mm-hmm. And if you could do that by managing one, one vendor at 10 minutes a week, you, well, you just, you just save two hours of billable time and you know, anybody can do the math and say, at my billable rate, what's that mean to me? Yeah, it helps to have a universal bill as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and then there's the training, the training and the understanding of the software aspect. You know, it, technology isn't always as seamless and as wonderful as we all, as we all want it to be. And <laughs> if, you're, if you're trying to cobble together three or four different platforms that really don't want to talk together and, and, and act as a uniform thing, you're really training your staff or yourself on m- multiple platforms with different interfaces. And eventually, that's going to lead to frustration and you know, potentially disaster.
1: Oh, totally. Yeah. So let's follow up on that with a more generic question. In terms of technology and elsewhere, potentially, what areas do law firms typically overlook when they're trying to maximize revenue or profitability?
2: Yeah, there, there are... A lot. Take um, one, no. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, again, it, you know, if you go back to the, the original statement, they, a lot of firms don't understand their actual cost and profitability at a per client or per matter level. That is definitely, definitely a big issue. And, and I think it, it sounds really basic, but a lot of firms don't really capture their time well. And if you are a firm or you're a lawyer who's entering their time once a week, I can almost guarantee you that you are leaving money on the table every week. So you're getting getting time tracking right and getting to timely entry of of that time and proper categorization, that is absolutely a missed opportunity when it comes to maximizing revenue and profitability. The the other one is workforce allocation. and, And are you really putting that work into the right hands within your firm. If you have a paralegal, a junior associate and a senior associate, are, is the senior associate really working on on the right parts of that matter or that case for the client or is the paralegal doing things that that maybe would be better served going to an attorney. That's not to say that that you should go out and intentionally try to put everything into the hands of the most you know the the attorney with the highest rate in your firm because that's not you know that's not going to allow you to to have satisfied or repeat business. But really thinking through what's that workforce allocation? And do you even understand what it is on a per matter basis?
1: Yep. No, that's, those are two good ones that you pulled out there. All right, let's take our second break. I think it's about time. Just take my watch. The rest of you can all listen to some words from our sponsors now. And Scott and I will come back for the next and last segment of the show. As the largest legal-only call center in the U.S., Alert Communications helps law firms and legal marketing agencies with new client intake. Alert captures and responds to all leads 24-7, 365 as an extension of your firm in both Spanish and English. Alert uses proven intake methods, customizing responses as needed, which earns the trust of clients and improves client retention. To find out how Alert can help your law office, call 866-827-5568 or visit alertcommunications.com Now, more than ever, an effective marketing strategy is one of the most important things your law firm can have, and Scorpion can help. With nearly 20 years of experience serving the legal industry, Scorpion has proven methods to help you get the high-value cases you deserve. Join thousands of attorneys across the country who have turned to Scorpion for effective marketing and technology solutions. For a better way to grow your practice, visit scorpionlegal.com. Thanks for staying with us. I never left. Didn't get any better offers. So now let's continue with Scott Brennan of Lexicon, who's been walking us through legal tech adoption. Now, for something totally different, let's talk about Alternative Legal Service Providers, or ALSPS, which I'm going to pronounce as ALPS the entire time, so I'm just going (laughs) to say the whole thing. Every the time
2: third S is silent, Jared.
1: Yeah, see, I'm like, that's right. That's right. See, this is just bad news if I try and do it. So, Scott, for those who are out of the know, tell me, what are alternative legal service providers?
2: Yeah, well, one thing they're not is, in our opinion, lexicon, right? Mm-hmm. So they, they, they typically are, are firms that are companies that a firm would use for, I think of it as more single use or per case basis as opposed to an ongoing partnership with the firm. So litigation and investigation support, legal research, document review and e-discovery, you know, regulatory risk, those things those things that, that you're going to need occasionally that you can outsource to a company that specializes in and, and do it either more efficiently, smarter, or cheaper than if you were to try to do them yourself. We don't view what we do as being in, in your term an ALP, right? We we view ourselves as more of an ongoing I see, I see what you are there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're, you know, we we don't we don't come in and out on a per trial or per matter basis. We're we're more of an ongoing partnership with with our customer firms helping them either grow their revenue or maximize their their net income or drive drive client satisfaction
1: right fair so so whether or not you consider a law practice management software alternative legal service provider or not and i think you're probably right on that there's still a lot of those alternative legal service providers out there yeah. in the legal industry and that number is growing so what risk does a law firm run if it doesn't adopt technology and outsource services in that environment
2: well I think it, depending on the type of law you practice or you specialize in, you're, you're beginning to see varying levels of pressure on price. Certainly, any, any firm who does outsource work for in house counsel in the corporate world is being moved into more and more kind of fixed fee arrangements, not to exceed arrangements. And a firm that is in that world and is not you know, smartly outsourcing what they can to drive their costs down is probably not making a lot of money anymore. That's, you know, fair. That, that's one. And I also think there's, there's always the, you know, the disadvantage of not adopting technology beyond eroding margin. It, you, know, you may contract your revenue. You may have poor information security. So I, I think I saw a statistic just the other day that year-to-date, you know, phishing attempts against law firms in particular are up 70% year over year.
1: That's wild, yeah.
2: If you were if, and, and this is an industry that was already heavily targeted because the information that that we have about our clients, and you know, pretty much if if you do anything family law related, business, you know, real estate law related, wills and estates, you know, access to somebody's data basically gives me access to you know houses in the Bahamas and second mortgages all over the world. <laughs> right? And, right. And because of that, they're getting targeted. And and so. You know, maybe this a little bit beyond alternative legal service providers, but if you're still trying to operate your firm using Outlook for people to email things around, <laughs> you know, you're you're exposing yourself to some massive, massive risk. Yes.
1: I talk about that quite a bit. Let's not dive too deep into the security discussion. Yep, sure. Although this is very interesting. We should do another entire podcast on that. Right. Yeah, you talked a little bit about some of the typical service provision for alternative legal service providers, right? Litigation, investigation, report, legal research, e discovery, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. but like that reach could be significantly expanded, right? So, what other outsourced services can law firms take advantage of to give them a competitive or even a financial edge?
2: There are a lot. Um, virtual receptionists, to me, is is a massive. Opportunity for a lot of firms. you know, who's taking your phone calls? How many people do you have across your firm taking phone calls and setting appointments? And do you need all of those people on site earning a 40 forty hour a week wage? or do you need maybe one with some supplemental help, you know not there with a company really understand your business? I, I would say the same with paralegal support. and then and then there are some interesting ones that that may not necessarily bubble up as normal to you. Ah, uh, but quality control we We have a, a quality audit group that that will actually help a law firm process map their case phasing and their and then, what point do they need to do firms need to be communicating with their clients and making sure that they are doing so in a way that maximizes the client' satisfaction with the firm, even if the outcome of that case or matter isn't positive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. i t support process improvement, project management, procurement, and facilities. You know, most law firms, unless you're a, you know, a real estate firm, probably have no business trying to negotiate multiple leases uh, around a, a city or around multiple states. Um, marketing and PR, everybody thinks they're a marketer, but I've never met a person who didn't think they had better marketing ideas than a marketing firm, <laughs> but you probably don't, right? And so finding no, a marketer. can't all be Don marketer.
1: Draper, right? <laughs> yeah,
2: all right. But we all want to be Don Draper desperately, <laughs> right? So, you are know, finding a company that understands how to market a law firm in a bar-compliant manner, take that off of your, your plate and off your, your staff's plate and outsource that. PR, website hosting, social media, right? Again, you, odds are if, if your firm is doing social media, you've given it to the lowest paid person in the entire company who <laughs> yeah. d- has no background or expertise in social media. And it's not expensive to hire a company to help you craft intelligent posts on a regular basis. And then all the HR stuff. Lawyers were not necessarily trained to manage other people. And as your firm is growing, you want to make sure you don't have business practices that get you sued or drive massive turnover in your staff because hiring and training is really pricey. Yep,
1: that's a lot of stuff. That's a pretty good list, man. Just off the top of your head. That's really impressive.
2: (laughs) I'm sure I forgot a couple. <laughs> Somebody in my company is going to yell at me for forgetting
1: them. <laughs> All right, so you went to college in Buffalo, right?
2: I did, yeah. All right,
1: you ever party with the Gronkowski's?
2: I did not party. Ah, it's
1: too bad, man. No. So you got any good Bills Mafia stories that you want to share before we
2: finish I, up? Uh, not Bills Mafia, but I was I wasn't a mighty taco with uh, Jim Kelly back when Jim Kelly. Basically, could do anything he wanted in that city and be forgiven for it.
1: <laughs> like even lose four consecutive Super Bowls.
2: Oh, don't. Oh, you're stabbing me in the heart now. Come on.
1: All right. Did you grow up there? Are you a Bills fan?
2: I, I grew up in Rochester, which is the next city. Oh, I know
1: Rochester. Yeah.
2: And I grew up a a Bills fan. And I, I will admit to crying like a baby in the four falls <laughs> of Buffalo uh, 30 for 30. Like That was, yeah. My kid came in and he's like, what is happening <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're like I'm all right just turn off the lights and walk slowly away <laughs> I gotta tell you though I've, I've always liked the bills I was on the Drew Bledsoe side and the Tom Brady Drew Bledsoe debate uh-huh. which is probably not a good look for me but um I love when when Drew was with the bills he, that team was amazing yeah like they had Eric Moles and Pyrus Price that team was great I loved watching that team so
2: yeah it it's a hard team to love I'll tell you like, my heart has been Toyed with so many times.
1: <laughs> <laughs> They're looking good this year, though. This they could are, be the year. But they this always the do. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, let's see. They could get a division title here. I think the Patriots could probably get, throw somebody a division title every twenty years or so. It's the least yeah. they could do. <laughs> All right. On that note, I think we should finish up. Getting off the rails a little bit here. We've reached the end of yet another episode of the Legal Toolkit Podcast. This was the one where we talked about legal tech adoption and alternative legal service providers. And we've been chatting with Scott Brennan of Lexicon. Now, I'll be back on future shows with further insights into my soul, the soul of America, or what's left of it, and the legal market. If you're feeling nostalgic for my dulcet tones, however, you can check them out anytime you want, as well as our entire show archive at legaltalknetwork.com. So thanks again to Scott Brennan of Lexicon for appearing as my guest today. Scott, can you tell everyone how they can find out more about you and about Lexicon?
2: Yeah, uh, lexiconservices.com is the easiest way to get in touch with us. You know, my email is Brennan at lexiconservices.com. Happy to uh, talk to anybody who's got interest in what we're doing. All right,
1: reach out to this man. Check out Lexicon. Thanks again, Scott. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you. And right, finally, thanks to all of you out there for listening. This has been the Legal Toolkit
0: Podcast, where somewhere is here and it's always five o'clock. Thanks for listening to Legal Toolkit, produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. Join host Jared Correa for his next podcast covering the current business trends for law firms. If you'd like more information about today's show, please visit legaltalknetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn, or download the free app from Legal Talk Network in Google Play and iTunes.